0: Welcome to Megabyte's weekly barometer podcast series. This series was launched in direct response to the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the UK TMT sector. Its aim is to help those involved with the sector to track, understand and analyse its implications. For those of you who don't know us, Megabyte is a leading independent research provider delivering data and insights on UK technology and tech-enabled businesses. Although Megabyte is a subscription-based research service, these weekly barometer updates are intended for anybody with an interest in the sector and made available through Megabyte's dedicated free-to-air research channel, CEO Hub, which can be found on our website at megabyte.com. Updates are released each Friday, and we would, of course, welcome your feedback on any of the topics addressed during our updates. Megabyte Barometer, COVID-19, week 10 update. It's been another busy week for trading news, but as expected, corporate activity has slowed to a trickle. This week, we focus on a few key results, including Microsoft's Q3s, talk about the valuation outlook, and consider our ongoing theme of resilience. And my thought for this week is, are you running your business better because of COVID-19? In recognition that things have settled somewhat, we are moving the barometer to a monthly podcast broadcast on the first Friday of every month. The Megabyte research team has been very busy this week with CXO conversations, and I've had 20 such uh, conversations this week, taking the total to nearly 170 since the middle of March. And if I had to pick out one theme from those conversations this week, it would be that people have really started to think about how they come back from lockdown, and frankly have realised that it's going to take a lot longer than they thought. In the software sector, we've had public company updates from Pebble Beach, Proactis, Mirada, Universe, Carrero, Cortex and Trackmate. And we've published private company coverage on Phonics. In the ICT services and digital services sector, we've had results and updates from the Panoply, FDM, Telecom Plus, Impellum, Simply Biz and CentralNIC. And actually produced a, a wide range of private company analysis this week on Keytree, Jola, Luminet, Absorb, and DMW. In the media and information services sector, uh, updates this week from the majors WPP, Essential, and Euromoney, and also updates on trading from on-the-market, NAHL, and 7Digital. In addition to our company coverage this week, The research team at Megabyte has also been producing a number of uh, thematic pieces. In particular, I'd highlight um, work from our head of research, Lee Prout, on valuations. And I'll talk about that uh, a bit later on. But we've also produced research this week on retail software, the enterprise software services channel in the UK, consumer VPNs and managed print. As I mentioned earlier, corporate activity really has slowed this week as... Deals that were in late stage at the uh, as we went into this crisis, I guess, have either now been announced or, uh, or have been put on hold. And there was just a trickle this week, really. One private company fundraise uh, in the talent uh, management, talent mobility platform Topia, 15 million fundraise. Uh, in the capital markets, we didn't talk about any fundraisings this week. There weren't any of note. Uh, and that's particularly interesting, given that last week there were quite a few in particular from Blue Prism and Just Eat, quite big fundraisings. Um, also, we only recorded a couple of very small MA deals and one very small private equity deal with Microtest. So really a very, a very, uh, very marked reduction in, in corporate activity this week. And I think realistically, that's going to be the theme for the next few weeks. Uh, yet, you know, as I mentioned a minute ago, deals that were in late stage have largely been announced now and uh, and very few new deals really seem to be kicking off. So I think it's going to be a very quiet period for announced m uh, and deals. On the markets, the FTSE 100 was up 1% in the last five trading days. The FTSE 250 was up 4% and the NASDAQ was also up 4%. Against this, the uh, UK universe of tech stocks that we track uh, at megabyte was up 6% on the week. So outperforming and uh, that enabled the average valuation to tip over the 12 times current year EV EBITDA multiple. Although as ever, I have to put a health warning on that multiple for the time being as broker forecasts are really in a bit of a state of flux at the moment. So, what were the key themes this week? Uh, those of you who listen regularly to this podcast and read our research will read our research will know that uh, a key theme we've talked about a lot is the resilience of the tech sector in the early stages stages of this crisis. And there was further evidence of that this week in in, in large numbers, actually, uh, across all the uh, the whole size range of companies we track, from the large U.S. tech majors through to the smallest UK companies we track. In particular. The one that really stood out for me was Microsoft. And we really got confirmation uh, this week that Microsoft is gonna be one of the major beneficiaries of the shift to home working and related internet usage. The company produced a very strong set of Q3 results with revenue and profit up 15 and 25% respectively, with 25% growth in Office 365, which includes Teams, and a mighty 59% growth in Azure, uh, uh, Microsoft Azure revenues. People talked a bit negatively about the fact that that was the lowest percentage growth reported for a few quarters. But the reality is the law of large numbers is always going to have an impact on those uh, on on uh, on that kind of scale eventually. And, and is, is obviously the case with Azure as it is with AWS. But still remarkable growth given the scale of that business. And one stat really stood out for me um, in the uh, in the Microsoft call. And that was that one day during uh, during April there was there were 200 million teams meeting participants in one day. Which I thought was a striking stat, and a and a, and a, and a particularly uh, interesting data point of our times. Other majors also reported this week from the U.S. Uh, from the U.S. Facebook and Google in particular of interest. Uh, they both reported impact on their advertising revenues as expected, but also. Um, arguably less impact than than they had expected and the share prices of both of those companies reacted positive positively as a result so again another story of resilience in the in the media sector there and and obviously a a, 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 a quite a big contrast to some of the uh, more traditional media companies that we track the mighty Amazon also uh, reported results this week, and uh, any watchers of that stock will know that it's been um, it's roared away uh, since this crisis started. Uh, a very obvious and high-profile beneficiary of the uh, step change in e-commerce that we've seen over the last few weeks, and uh, and uh, you know a very strong set of results again this week. The thing that's probably most interesting, though, from those results was the. Uh, was Jeff Bezos saying that, uh, that the company's going to invest all of its profits in the current, from the current quarter, some $4 billion into its COVID-19 response, which uh, investors were slightly taken aback by and the shares were actually slightly off this week, but overall still a stonking performer. And I think, really looking more broadly at the uh, at the, uh, the the outlook for these tech majors, no one I think would argue against the idea that they're all going to be substantial long-term beneficiaries of what we certainly see as the coming post-COVID-19 digital revolution. But as I said, it's not just the uh, it's not just the big US majors that are benefiting, or at the very least being resilient. And we've seen that resilience in trading updates across the sector this week. Just pick out a couple um, in the mid-market, uh, worth, worth mentioning FDM Group. This is a company that uh, we know well, and we've talked to the management team a number of times over the last few weeks. FDM provides IT consultants into financial services and other sectors, and really has a very low level of recurring revenue. So it's an interesting barometer of, of how things are going. FDM issued a Q1 trading update this week, and yes, it is, it is seeing an impact, but actually arguably less than it had thought, and overall a very resilient performance from that company. And right down to the smaller end, we reported this week and talked to the management team of JOLA, which is an M2M specialist. um, Really strong uh, small business uh, owner managed business to be tracked that won the Megabyte Emerging Stars Award in its category this year. And, uh, you know, a really solid uh, review of trading for that business. Yes, it's being impacted, but still expect a growth, a good year of growth this year. But of course the resilience theme does have its limits and um, i I touched earlier on on media and how that has clearly been a or large parts of it have been impacted by the uh, the covid 19 uh, pandemic and 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 it's although the software sector broadly has been quite resilient there are clearly exceptions and and one of those exceptions reported them up to the market this week being excesso excesso provides software to uh, theme parks and other attractions and it also provides its software largely on a transaction revenue basis. So when there are no people attending uh, theme parks and, and attractions of their customers, then they're not getting a lot of revenue. And indeed, uh, Accessor reported this week a, 75, a broadly 75% decline in its, uh, in its revenues uh, since the uh, start of the crisis and bluntly is running out of cash as well. Company saying that it's got enough cash to see it through the summer and uh, will be OK as long as things return to normal fairly quickly. Well, going back to my earlier comment in the podcast about um, our view that uh, and and our companies that we talk to view that it's going to take quite a long time to come back from this. That might be uh, slightly rose tinted glasses from Excesso. So we wish them luck over the next few months. Interestingly, the shares, Excesso shares are up 20 percent this week and the company uh, equity is valued at 60 million. Slightly odd, perhaps, but then presumably and I think most likely the market is expecting a P2P offer to come for that uh, for that business at some point. Also, as I mentioned to the media sector, uh, further evidence this week, things are very tricky in parts of that, most of that market, to be honest. Uh, Euromoney talked about a £25 million hit to their gross profit expectations as a result of cancelled events. And interestingly, has uh, announced that it's retaining its asset management business. Uh, this is an information, subscription information business that is uh, sticky and profitable and is just what clearly what Euromoney needs at the moment. There's also um, updates from Essential and WPP, which talked about more cost cutting measures and further impacts from COVID-19. So turning to one of the broader themes that we talked about this week, uh, uh, valuations, and uh, my colleague Lee Prout this week argued that uh, there are three key reasons why valuations will not fall as low as they did in 08-09 in the technology sector. First of those is the view of of an improvement, an underlying improvement in business models over the last 10 years within the sector, in particular in the software sector where the advent of software as a service has uh, meant that um, software companies are now largely on a a recurring revenue model and and weren't so in 08-09. So an underlying improvement in the earnings quality of the sector will insulate uh, valuations to some degree, we argue. And actually, uh there's a better understanding we think secondly um of of that resilience the sector's resilience and um you know when we look at how people react to a to a downturn and 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 a shock like this they tend to look at the previous shock as the uh, as the reference point for uh for how things will happen this time and in uh, in 9 people were looking back at the dot com crash of 2001 2002 and thinking that it was going to be the same this time around uh, that's this time around as in 0809, And clearly it wasn't. And, and the, you know, the, the sector performed very well, actually, in terms of trading in 08, 09, 10. And I think people in this downturn will look at the performance last time and realise that the sector is resilient. And as I said a minute ago, is more resilient arguably than it was 10 years ago. Thirdly, there is the proverbial wall of private equity money and investor money generally, both in terms of private equity and capital markets. And yes, the private equity community is, taking a bit of a pause at the moment in terms of deploying money but we know from conversations and activity in our business that uh, that uh, the private equity community is very much looking for technology deals at the moment and uh, indeed it may even allocate their um, lps may even allocate more money to uh, technology focused uh, private equity funds because of its um, perceived resilience so those three reasons we think will mean that um that valuations will not drop to the levels they did after the global financial crisis. Um, Those of you around uh, and in the market at that point will remember that ICT services valuations dropped as low as four or five times EBITDA and software valuations were at, you know, certainly single digits for a period. And we think that um, we won't see anything like that. And, and that both software and ICT services valuations will be pretty resilient. Trickier in the media sector to know quite that, how, how that will uh, turn out given the, um, given what's happening in that sector and and much greater impact from COVID-19. So that remains to be seen. But in CoreTech, we think a solid outlook for valuations. One slight unknown is where debt multiples will end up. And um, they dropped as low. Well, there was no debt available for a period, obviously, after the global financial crisis. And when it did come back, it was in the sort of two or three times leverage and then recovered reasonably quickly to four or five times. Our gut feeling is that some of the very high debt multiples we've seen in the last couple of years at seven or eight times EBITDA will not be available for the time being and it's going to r- settle back more towards four or five times but we will see and perhaps just one thought to leave you with on valuations is that in um, you know, longer term we think this this uh, one of the the big valuation themes over the next decade is going to be a bifurcation in valuations between the digital haves and the digital have-nots and that is partly technology and non-technology businesses where we think technologies, the technology sector, will continue to command a premium for all the reasons I've just outlined. But actually, in the broader service economy, as I argued in a in a post a couple of weeks ago on our CEO on the CEO Hub, the uh, those service economy businesses that invest in technology and become genuinely tech-enabled businesses uh, will see not only their competitive position improve, but also their valuation dislocate from those businesses that remain more analog. And I think that's, as I say, going to be one of the big themes that we see in the uh, in the next decade. So finally, my thought for the week. Um, has COVID-19 been good for your business in some ways? Has it made you think more about how you run your business? Have you been more innovative than you have been for some time? I think that's, that's the case for our business, if I'm really honest. We've engineered our product pretty fundamentally. This podcast is one element of that. But there have, there have been many other ways in which we've tried to remove things that were not adding value or not adding enough value as we saw it. And we've, um, and we've added in new things that we hope and believe are adding greater value. And, and we think that the, the, our product will be fundamentally better as a result. And I think that's going to be the case with a lot of the companies we track in the sector. You hear CEOs use the expression a lot at the moment, I've done things in the last few weeks that I should have probably done a long time ago. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a feature that we're going to see more and more of. That's not to say it's been easy, it certainly hasn't. Forcing you to think about your business in ways that you haven't done before is is taxing, time consuming, lots of long days, lots of sleepless nights, and the team has worked incredibly hard. But now, a couple of months into all of this, I really, really, really feel convinced that we will come out the other side running more efficiently, with a better product and happier customers. And I'm hopeful and I believe that that will be the case for many of the companies that we track. So that's it for this week. Just a reminder that, uh, before I go that we're moving this uh, podcast to a monthly slot from now on. So look out for my next update in the first Friday of June. But for now, keep well and stay safe.